Hi there. Welcome and thank you for listening in. I'm super stoked to have you with me. My name is Philip Hartmann and Being Dad is a show for dads. I meet and speak to unique dads, asking them to impart their wisdom and to share their experiences as dads with us. The reason for being dad is my own story. I became a father five times within 13 months. Yes, five times, 13 months. I was seriously underprepared and I struggled to find inspiring content for myself. By meeting and connecting with these men, I'm trying to learn all there is about being a dad. We cover heart-to-heart topics between two dads and our aim is to inspire other fathers. And with this, hopefully we can make a positive impact on families around the world. The best advice that I'd give myself as a dad is to show my children how much I love them. We all know that I, I love them. They all know, but to show it. The best advice I would give myself as a, as a young man or as a, as a father starting out is to not sweat the small stuff. Uh, you know, I have a tendency to, you know, look at the finite, finite things in life and really make those a big deal when in reality uh, they're very small. My next session is very special. I sat down to speak to Mark and Marcus Haney, both father and son. When I first met the two, I knew I had to get them on the show because of their incredible story. Mark is Marcus's dad, a serial entrepreneur who exited a successful enterprise and found his business calling in 2012 in working with and investing in entrepreneurs in the Sacramento area. His son Marcus is also a dad and he's also a US Marine. He was deployed in Afghanistan as a corporal squad leader where he was responsible for the lives of 12 other US Marines supporting various combat missions. His son Hunter was born while he was deployed. On June 6, 2012, Marcus was shot in the leg during a firefight in combat. Marcus underwent five surgeries and many months of intense recovery. In the session, we talk about how it felt for Mark to send his son off to a war zone and Marcus's journey of leaving for war as a strong Marine without kids and coming back as a wounded, immobile and totally dependent new dad. To make things worse, he ended up having to fight for 50-50 custody once he got back and we talk a bit about the stigma many veterans seem to face after deployment. He now refers to himself as a single father and it goes without saying he's a super passionate dad. We also talk about society's expectations on men and dads, entrepreneurship, their values as a family and some of the systems they use to keep their bonds strong. The session is very powerful and it gives deep insights into valuable aspects of fatherhood in difficult situations. The most powerful takeaways for me as a dad were, my own issues aren't half as bad as I often make them out myself. Continuously execute on your important goals without excuses. And always move forward, bad things from the past don't matter. Thank you for supporting me by sharing the session with other dads and mums. And please also leave me a review. I love to hear your feedback. Here's Mark and Marcus Haney. Please enjoy. So today I'm super stoked to have you, Mark and Marcus, on the show, being dad. When I heard your story the first time, I was obviously super intrigued and also inspired. Marcus, your whole mission and what you had to go through was very, very interesting. And I think we can add a lot of value by talking about this for other dads. And Mark, of course, you as a dad and a granddad, I'm super stoked to have you guys here. Um, I would like to give a quick intro and then maybe you can do a quick intro about yourselves. So Mark, if I get it right, you have two kids, you're married, you've got a son and a daughter. Um, 
Marcus obviously is on the show with us and Ashley, 30 and 33, right? And then uh, Ashley also has uh, two children and Marcus has one son, right? Right. And then Marcus, you have one son, Hunter, who is seven, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. Do you guys want to do a quick intro about yourselves? Some background? Sure. I can, uh, yeah, I can start off. I'm Mark. Um, I, first of all, I really appreciate being on the show, Philip. We, you and I met. We're EO brothers from uh, different mm. countries. So there was a, a quick bond uh, between us as entrepreneurs. But uh, I have uh, built a platform where I help entrepreneurs be entrepreneurs. We, we focus on access to capital, um, access to uh, expertise, and access to uh, a, a community of entrepreneurs. But I guess I, I jumped into my, uh, to my business life. Um, really, what's my number one priority is, is uh, being a family man. So I grew up in a, a small town of Sacramento, and uh, now we are uh, building a family, a, a unity here in Sacramento. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I'm just happy to have a family that still wants to be around me. Nice. And my name is Marcus Haney. Uh, love to hear what you have to say, Dad. Uh, really a pleasure, Philip, to be on here with both you guys and talk about uh, being dads and business and how those uh, interact with one another. Uh, but I, too, am a, uh, a father. I have a seven-year-old son, as you mentioned. His name's Hunter. Uh, he's about to be a second grader, so really, uh, really had about his development as a young man. Um, I'm a Marine Corps veteran, uh, entrepreneur. I have my own small disabled veteran-owned business, and um, we just launched a co-working space and workforce development and entrepreneurship platform for veterans at a former military installation here in Sacramento, California. Wow. Can you tell <laughs> us a bit about the business? The first one, what does it do? Um, my, for me, uh, so yeah. I, I have an industrial supply company, so I sell uh, anything from hand soap to DeWalt drills to uh, the state and local federal government and also to uh, large corporations. Okay, okay. Hey, and uh, what I wanted to talk about, I mean, the last time we spoke about this, this whole hectic situation in terms of, you know, leaving, leaving the country, literally you were deployed, Marcus, I'm speaking to you. You were deployed uh, to Afghanistan, right? And when you left uh, home, you weren't you weren't a father yet. And then when you came back, you were suddenly a father. But you were also you were also shot in in the war over there. So what I wanted to get is both of your perspectives, Mark, from your side as a dad, sending your son off or seeing your son going off into into war and how that felt, and then obviously Marcus, how it felt for you to kind of leave. Uh, yes, as a married man, but not father, and then come back as a father, and then getting into this whole difficult uh, situation that we discussed. Maybe we start with Mark, because that will lead into your coming back, if that's okay. Sure. Yeah, when, when Marcus and his uh, brothers deployed, it was probably the most humbling moment of my life to see my son and his very close friends going out to uh, protect our We knew he was going into a war zone. He's an infantryman. And uh, to me, being back with the women and the children and the old people, it was a very humbling moment knowing that he's going to the most deadly place in Afghanistan. So um, it's different than him going off to college, uh, even though that was a little nerve wracking for, for my wife, Stacy and me. But, you know, seeing him go to war was uh, probably... Um, 
for that for that period that he was in Afghanistan, it was probably the most stressful time of my life. Of course. When was this? How old were you, Marcus? Uh, it was 2012. I actually deployed on my birthday, March 15th. Um, wow. And the night before, my, my parents were uh, gracious enough to surround uh, the people that I care about the most, them, them, my family, and also my brothers who I was going off to war with and, and their families. Uh, they bought us all a steak dinner. And uh, that is a night that none of us will ever forget because that was a night we were going off to, you know, fight the Taliban and that uh, that was a huge day of my life and then the next morning we woke up and shift off to uh, March Air Force Base and we're on our way to uh, Afghanistan my my wife at the time um, I'm now divorced was uh, was pregnant far along um, and so it was uh, You know, kind of a, a tough time leaving that portion of my life behind, having to make the mental switch to, you know, go to combat and, and, and have to leave those emotions and things kind of in the rear view mirror as you're going off to, the, as Mark mentioned, a you know, really dangerous place. And I had to make sure that my head was on squarely so that I could look out for my brothers and sisters to the left and right of me. Wow. Um, and then as you mentioned, yeah. So ahead, she was sorry. pregnant already when you left. I didn't get that the last time. Yeah, so she was pregnant. I left and then, um, so I left March 15th and uh, my son Hunter was born on April 5th. So I just gotten back from uh, a patrol. It was uh, probably 110 degrees outside and my, my captain uh, yelled, Haney, um, I don't know what I do now. And uh, jogged over there, he said, uh, you got somebody on the line for you. And he handed me a satellite phone, which I'd, I mean, I was just a grunt. We didn't get to get carry satellite phones. So uh, hello, and uh, got to talk to um, My, my wife at the time, Lauren, and she told me that we uh, had our beautiful son, Hunter, born on April 5th, and uh, that was the uh, most excited I think I've ever been in my whole life of to course. hear that, you know, uh, I get to carry on this uh, this legacy and get to, uh, you know, be a part of someone so special, and uh, he's a great little man. And then what happened? You, you, there was something happened and you came back early, hey? What happened? Yeah, so I was on a uh, quick reaction force mission in uh, Sangin Valley. We were uh, on the way to go pick up some of our downed vehicles and some of our guys were uh, trapped in a, in a firefight. So uh, a group of us went down and we're uh, going to you know, provide reinforcement for them. And uh, we ended up getting ambushed. Um, I took a 7.62 round to the leg. It's a rifle round uh, to the right thigh. Um, And a big firefight ensued after that, and then uh, was medevaced uh, out of there and ended up having uh, a surgery in Afghanistan, uh, surgery in Germany, a few surgeries back, and finally transitioned out of the military uh, in the Wounded Warrior Battalion in San Diego at uh, Balboa Naval Hospital there. Um, had really great treatment from the doctors, and it was really a interesting time that I was shot in Afghanistan and I came home to my newborn baby son and held him for the first time in my arms laying in a hospital bed kind of out of it dazed from you know the, the, the drugs they gave me but he was this little guy and he was in this little yellow uh, gown to keep him you know safe from whatever potential uh, germs or whatever there were in Afghanistan coming back. And I just remember holding my arms and thanking God that I uh, got the opportunity to do so. Wow. 
And we talked the last time, Mark, we talked about um, values that you try to instill, obviously, as a, as a head of the family for, for your family. And I know that some of the things that you guys believe in and stand for as a family helped you in this whole period, like sending Marcus off and then having him, you know, he was obviously shot and this whole difficult time. Can you talk a bit about around that, please? Yeah, I think we've always been family first. Um, and I think if there's one value that represents the way that our family operates, it's commitment. I think we have this unshakable commitment to one another. And um, my daughter, Ashley, my wife, Stacy, Marcus, the grandkids, um, I think it's something that we have and it's really special to see it on a day-to-day -day basis today. Um, but it's been special, I guess, throughout their whole lives. And I think when, when Marcus came back, you know, we got the call, uh, dad, I'm coming home. My wife and I were like, it was in the middle of the night and it was like, thank, we hung up, um, when we realized, um, you know, that, uh, he was going to live and that, you know, we'd been stressed for so many, so many months and that we, we were actually, we hung up and we were happy, as strange as that sound, because my wife and I just looked up and said, thank you, God, our boy's yeah. going to be okay. And I, th and I think when they brought back, put Hunter in, in your arms, Marcus, for the first time, I mean, our whole family was there surrounded to watch that. So we all experienced that moment um, that, um, I, I, again, these things, I think when you go through tough times in your life and you survive them together, the people that you're with, even though you know we, were, we weren't there in Afghanistan, but we were with you oops excuse me um, we've been with you we were with you at that time before you left and I think that that strengthened our family we were already strong but I think that strengthened our commitment to one another I would definitely agree with that for sure yeah it was interesting having uh, every time I got mail call I had the largest stack of mail because I had such a large family support group always looking to send treats oh what Haney getting the you know sharing <laughs> treats with my buddies and stuff like that was uh, was, it. was always a, it was a big deal so yeah I love it very thankful nice and so you but the last time we talked about this whole I mean you Marcus said this you said this thing where this really stuck with me you said well you know left I left as a as obviously a strong soldier, and I, I think you used the words gunslinging soldier with grenades on your belt or something. It's obviously it's a, you know, you like the world is mine kind of thing, and and then you're shot and you become, you come home and you're new dad and 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 you're super vulnerable. And you said you know you you really were dependent, helpless, helpless. And yeah. and how was that as a new dad? Because that must have been difficult. How did that feel? Well, I think for anybody that vulnerability is, you know, ultimately a challenge to get over. If you can't use the restroom by yourself and you're relying on somebody else to help you go through, uh, you know, those different scenarios. Um, but especially as being a Marine, right? So I was, like you mentioned, I was in the midst of it. I was, had a grenade in my uh, flak jacket and, you know, giving up ammo as I got onto the helicopter and saying bye to my friends and who I knew were still in a dangerous place uh, you know and so that, that it's a really weird position to be in and I was immobile right so uh, you know as a father having this young kid that you want to be there for but yet you feel almost in the same position as they are right you're he you help me do all the stuff that I need to do because I can't do it myself but yet you know your your uh, your instinct as a as a father and as a human kicks in and says, oh, he's crying I want to go to help and 
change his diaper or feed him or do whatever, but you know, I didn't have the cap capabilities to. So I think that you know, as he got older and developed, that made me uh, you know want to work that much harder as a father to ensure that I showed him every day how much uh, how much he means to me. Can you share where there are strategies that you learned maybe in the army or in the family yourself, or that you were able to to apply at that in those difficult times? Yeah, I mean, um, man, well. I think something at that time because it was a it was a family deal uh, after I got out of the Marine Corps while I was going through uh, my transition and through my recovery of after being shot my my wife at the time ended up moving back to our hometown here up in Sacramento from San Diego so I was left uh, you know by myself and I could finally move around after a little while but it was months later and I could was walking around with a cane and whatnot um, you know and so. We, it was a big family ordeal for us. Everybody was involved. It was emotional, and so it was challenging. And I think we all came together and said, "Okay, how, what are we going to do here? How, you know, what's this going to look like for the future?" And, and we decided to go back to the basics and ensure that we loved each other and that there was always that constant uh, knowing that you know, like Mark mentioned earlier, that we have each other's back, and that the that time of that combat experience that we all came together has continued over and over through our lives, and as only built as trials and tribulations have arose going back to those basics and really saying hey what, what do we really stand for what do we who are we and you know what do we mean to each other and we've kept that front of mind and, and tip of tongue every day yeah do you guys have a family a mission or a vision statement we do kind of, yeah. um yeah we do after i sold my companies about eight or nine years ago um we created a a mission statement all around creating opportunity for our family, our friends, and in, in our hometown of Sacramento. And as they succeed, we all succeed. And I think uh, every one of my business partners, all of our family members, we rally around that. Um, and I think that uh, really it's, it's try to give a little bit more than you take, basically, from yeah. life. It sounds like a very nice collaborative approach, actually, you know, kind of a helping each other situation where you look out for each other and that's it seems like that helped you guys in this concrete uh, difficult situation how is it mark how is it for you to hear all this is it, how does it make you feel this this must be i'd say my my feeling toward as i hear marcus speak one thing i'll say is hey, he calls me mark and i don't know why he calls his dad mark here <laughs> on, the, on the podcast this is awkward so that's a little awkward to hear that however beyond that i'm proud of i'm course. proud of this young man i mean he was a guy that uh he was a good athlete growing up um played high school sports like uh many people when they're going through their teens was a bit rebellious um who me so when he joined <laughs> when, he joined the Marine, when he joined the Marine Corps, I was actually happy. I thought that would help uh, help guide him, and it did. I think in many ways, Marcus grew up uh, in the Marine Corps. Um, he had a had a quick family, and I think looking back now, uh, it makes me proud to see that he's building a successful business. He's a tremendous father. He's twice the father I could ever thought about being. So, um, and I see the things he does in the community. Um, giving back in uh, a lot of his time to his veterans as they transition. He's spending beyond the industrial supply company. We started a charitable organization that helps um, 
today's heroes and tomorrow's leaders and today's heroes uh, being guys like Marcus, but Marcus is on the other end. He's not receiving help. He's getting help. And I think in some ways that's probably therapeutic for you, Marcus. But from a father's perspective, I'm proud. I'm proud that he still has the... Uh, uh, strength and the stamina and the uh, uh, the commitment to the people that are um, that he doesn't even know that are in the military and transitioning. I'm proud that he's you know focusing a, a lot of his time on helping those people, yeah. helping the next and one online. I'm 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 humbly taking your lead there, Dad. Uh, you are doing a ton for the community of Sacramento and folks who want to build their own businesses. And you've built this, as you mentioned, platform to help people be successful. So I'm just doing my part where I know that I can help other folks be successful along the way because you know, the power of width is the most important thing to us because we can go so much further faster with uh, with each otherness. So togetherness, excuse me. Nice. <laughs> and uh, Marcus, can you talk a little bit more about the time now? How is it now? You know, now you're back. Has, is your life completely different? Do you still, just talk a bit about that. Being a dad now, back home after this experience. Sure. It's been a couple of years. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so it's been about six years since I've got out of the military. Um, I have 50% custody of my son, um, you know, and that's a that's an interesting dynamic in itself. Being a single father, mm -hmm. um, I do have a girlfriend, and she uh, and we're very close, and uh, she has a young son uh, as well. So you know, they Hunter and her son Carson get along like brothers, which is great to be able to have that. But for the longest time, I was a uh, I was a single dad trying to be mom and dad, build a business and you know trying to juggle it all you know and and that's a challenge especially when you're trying to say what what effort am I going to give to being a business owner what effort am I going to give to being a father what effort am I going to give to the community and you know I, they all talk about uh, work-life balance and I think that's a that's a myth you know you're going to continue to do things that <laughs> what is you that? know you you love to do right <laughs> yeah what is that so uh you know I I coach my son's baseball team um which I have have a ton of pride in doing and again I'm following in my dad's footsteps he coached me in baseball on the same field that he played on and now that I played on and my son plays on currently nice. um, so it's a uh, it's a you know uh, third generation type of deal at our local little league here um, so I got a lot of pride in that um, and you know really excited about the future and me and Hunter's relationship has never been better and never been stronger and uh, you know he's just a joy to be around yeah of course And that whole custody story, can you talk about that a bit in principle in the in the US? Do you have some information for us on, on because I'm sure other men will be in in situations where they need to fight around custody or can you share a bit on that? Um not share a bit on, on the custody the side. The custody princi in principle. You don't have to share your personal stuff, but just A bit sure. of, on, on how it works and what the systems are and what the structures are, what the downfalls are, because I'm sure you've learned a lot, ton, you know, in those in those times. Yeah, um, I was put into a, a bit of a sticky situation being a combat wounded veteran coming back to uh, fighting for custody of a young a young baby um, and there's those uh, stigmas that you get from, you know, being a, a veteran and a combat wounded veteran at that. Um, so, uh, 
you know, there was trials and tribulations, had to go through a lot of things and, you know, divorce is sticky. And when it comes to, uh, you know, dividing up time with your child, that's, you know, a sensitive situation. Um, so everybody kind of has their, their guns out a little bit. And I think that that's uh, part of back to, you know, what I, the best advice I'd give to myself is not sweat the small stuff because, you know, people, people kind of get themselves into a let's be combative about the scenario and I, I took the uh, I took the mindset of stepping back and looking at it as what's best for uh, the kids you know what's best for the, my, my son what's what's he what would I be uh, happy with telling him it went down as he becomes an adult and a father and you know I, I looked at that every day and wanted to make sure that my actions reflected something that I would be proud to tell him as a father I did for him um, and that's ultimately what it comes down to but the legal system is a challenge right I mean there's a lot of uh, attorneys involved and you know dads get the shaft uh, you know sometimes you know the, the fathers don't always get the the nod from the judge or from the you know the uh, the, the parenting counselor who's judging you on you know who gets to have the child more or less I mean I went through a couple hundred hours of supervised visitation for up to even have Serious. To see my son. That was why? the only way I could. Yeah, that's the only way I could see and him. Why? Um, why do you like think I that is? Why does the system do this? <sighs> that's that's probably out of my pay grade. But uh, you know, I think that. Um, they want to look out what's in the best interest for the child. Ultimately, that's what they say. So if there's one person throwing uh, stones, then you know they have to make sure that they they cover. And um, so there was that's mo- that was probably their way of vetting out the situation. Okay. Um, so re- you know, go and do that. Hey, are you fit to be a father? Yes, sir. I will stand here, no problem. Every day, rain, sun, snow, sleep. Yeah. I don't care. I will be here. Show up on time. And be there for my my kid, and that's I think that's ultimately what they wanted to see from me, and uh, you know I, I, I executed on that, and I think a lot of people well, in my persona would probably not, right? That's it's easy to stop. That was an interesting thing. I think that really showed the strength of our family when Marcus came back, and um, you know his wife and him ended up splitting up. It became very contentious and you know accusations of you know whatever we t- Marcus talked about the stigma uh, of uh, somebody coming back and maybe um, not being stable and Marcus was stable completely but I think what I w- but but maybe as guys we're all a little bit can get a little amped up especially a marine that's been fighting in Afghanistan um, and to come back and have zero custody of your child and have to prove that you are safe right that was an interesting thing as a parent to stand by and um, watch help support that was a very difficult time because my wife and I um, did not get to see Hunter for I think it was about nine months because uh, Marcus could only see the child for supervised visitations and we were um, kept away from the family as well. And I think, you know, but we've, the family stuck together and Mark went, Marcus went through his series of tests, if you will, right? Supervised visitations, uh, getting um, interviewed and proving that he's a good dad and ultimately um, got 50 cut, 50% custody. And, but that was a multi-year battle. And so that I think 
it strengthened our family. And I think, but for me, it made me more proud of my son because I, I agree with what's been said that so many young men come back and um, they're not used to having to, you know, they almost, they want to give up. They, we got other things that we can do in life rather than be in court or be going through supervised visitations. It, it's really a huge hassle. And a lot of veterans, a lot of young men end up just saying, forget it. Uh, it's not worth it. And that separates the dad from his child. And that's, and that's tragic. That's a horrific, yeah. that's it's tragic. tragic. And that does happen. That does happen. Is this, is this like a known uh, situation, yeah? So there's a divorce after a, after a deployment and then the issue is literally that dads have to go through these, through these tests. I think it's all about um, what's been um, said. If, uh, if somebody's wife says, hey, this guy, I think he's got PTS or um, he's got these other challenges. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a Marine. He's, uh, he's just come back from war. I'm, I'm not sure I feel comfortable about around him being around my baby who can not even speak yet, right? This is a baby. Um, can, we, can we get him checked out? Oh, okay, sure. And so then he had to go through these uh, series of checks because of the stigma and the the impressions that uh, one might leave with uh, with the court. Hectic. That is he hectic stuff. Yeah. I mean, if whether they're true, whether they're truthful or not, and I don't want to get into that so much because um, this is probably going to be, uh, you know, I, I would, I, I believe and don't say anything negative about anybody, right? What goes around yeah, comes around, matter. and yeah, it doesn't matter. Now it's about yeah. moving forward, and what's happening now is uh, is working, and I couldn't be more proud of uh, the way Marcus's son Hunter is developing as a young person, even though I was maybe not there like I would have liked to have been as a grandpa for that first couple of years um you know what i think our relationship is uh is strong and uh and for certain it's getting stronger nice well done marcus well done for not you know for taking it on the right way and and actually stepping back and going okay sure whatever's required i'll do and and let's sort it out well done hey uh, mark can you t tell us a little bit about the differences that you see Today and then back when you were a dad for dads, obviously I know you read the book um, uh, The Boy Crisis because we talked about mm -hmm. it. Can you tell us a little bit about the older dad in, in, this, in this circle of men here on your experience and share a bit of that valuable insight, please? Yeah, I think uh, back in my day, right? So I grew up in the uh, 60s and 70s, uh, graduated from high school in 1981. So give you an idea of how old I am. And in that generation, um, the dad uh, went to work, came home at the end of the day, and you had family dinner. And uh, then you go do it again the next day. And, uh, you know, the dad was the, uh, the disciplinarian in many cases. My mom was actually kind of a disciplinarian too. But it was sort of old school, I suppose, in terms of parenting. And I think in today's world, you take a guy like Marcus, he really has to tone down his intensity um, because that's what's accepted in society today, right? So we expect our, our men to have a kinder, gentler side, I'd say a lot more than we did when I was growing up. It was okay 
for the father figure or the football coach to you know, to operate with a lot more intensity yeah. than today. Today, a little bit of intensity um, might be helpful for a young person growing up, but we have to tone it down. Otherwise, we're we might be considered uh, overly harsh. And I think, so it's an interesting dichotomy or a challenge that we face is like you grow up to be the strong man and go up and get in the Marines and yet uh, you have to be, uh, in Marcus's case, almost like Mr. Mom. He's mother and father uh, half the time and so he really is in a different spot. And I think a lot of dads face that. They, they really have to tone down a little bit to fit in with society. And then they also, it, when you're in a situation where you're divorced, you know, the divorce rate has obviously grown in these, in these situations, you know, you've got to play both sides of the fence. You actually do have to, um, uh, help in all areas of life. So anyway, I, I do think that it's a tougher challenge for a dad today than maybe when I was growing up, um, or even when I was a dad, um, today, I think we have to, uh, be a little bit more politically correct. Otherwise, um, we don't send the right message to the people in our community. It is a bit weird, eh? Well, I would add, I would add, Sorry, yeah, Mark? I would add entrepreneurship. Sorry. No, you go. I would add that entrepreneurship at the same time is uh, is of a challenge in that same in that same vein, right? You got, uh, you know, for you comparatively to me, I you know, single dad, you had uh, mom to rely on to you know pick the kids up and do that. You go concentrate on your business and you know uh, stay there, you know, whatever, right? Full support system and everything was taken care of. And I'm lucky I have grandma. I've got mom too, right? Mom helps with the kids, so I am very blessed in that fashion too. But that's a I mean, maybe you could speak a little bit on that, Dad, about you know, the differences in today's entrepreneurial uh, society versus how maybe uh, it was when you were building your first businesses. Yeah, I think, uh, well, I think success in entrepreneurship is around your commitment and to be able to be fully committed in entrepreneurship. We all know that building a business is extremely difficult. And so if you can't go all in on your business, your chance of survival really decreases. And I think if if you're needing to, uh, Marcus talked about work-life balance earlier, if you're needing to sort of uh, keep uh, multiple parts of your life in order, um, it's a lot harder to go all in on your business. And so that's, that's a, I think that's a challenge today for entrepreneurship. So I think we have to put supportive people in our lives. I mean, that's incumbent on any entrepreneur to put supportive people in our lives so that we can go all in. Marcus has done a good job of that. He talked about his uh, his girlfriend and his mother and his sister and the other people in Marcus's support system. They do allow Marcus to go all in when it's uh, when when needed to, in order to build his business. And I think we all need that support system. The folks that don't have that are really at a at a disadvantage. Yeah, that's hundred percent true. That is 100% true. If there's no support system, what, where are you going to start? Where are you going to end? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about for today? Well, I mean, I, I'll, I'll talk about uh, something yeah. we're doing today. Uh, if there, if there's time, we're we're building out something we call Haneyville. It's it's probably what I you know I built this platform helping entrepreneurs, so I have the I have the perfect you know uh, the ideal career. But on the family side, we're building out what we call Haneyville. We bought 72 acres right here in the uh, outskirts of Sacramento, and where it was an original winery from like. 
it was the original winery in the area that we're at. It's been dilapidated. So Marcus is getting ready to move in out there into this town we call Haneyville. It feels like a town when you drive nice. in. That's why we kind of have nicknamed it Haneyville <laughs> for now. But Marcus will move out there first. We'll build out the town as a common area. And then my daughter and uh, my wife and I will build houses. And so we'll all have kind of like a family compound. And there's and we go out there today and we ride motorcycles and uh, we you know uh, try to catch a fish in the creek and you know really bond out there in this little uh, in this little community so I'd say um, our family is is building the infrastructure to uh, to hand it off to the next generation and the next generation and maybe even the next generation so I'm really excited about uh, how our family is developing and we're I think putting in the infrastructure if you will the family mission the family uh, location and really um, I think a lot of the family uh, philosophies to help bring it together that is super nice yes sorry Marcus definitely our little piece of uh, oasis out there in uh, in our hometown so uh, it is incredible to go out there and have the kids be able to run around and and play with each other and, and grow up in a way where they're uh, not necessarily bogged down by the city streets and stuff like that they can go explore and run run amok a little bit so that's really exciting and something lastly that I w wanted to bring up is uh, the fact that we're coming out with a new book here shortly yeah. uh, we uh, we got a we have a book coming out called always by your side um, It's a uh, it's a story about my entrepreneurial journey and a flashback to uh, the Marine Corps and, and, and combat scenarios and how watching Mark build his media platform and all the interesting people that we've had come onto the show and talk to us about entrepreneurship and really how uh, you know the you know, the two worlds collide a little bit and uh, so it should be pretty impactful anybody with a you know a business uh, mindset or wants to get inspired or maybe have a little bit of Of a uh, emotional story. It's uh, it's a pretty good read. The book is and it's gonna be on audio. Yeah, the book is called <laughs> Always yes. by Your Side. When is it coming out? Yes, it's uh, it's finished. Um, and so it's being uh, recorded onto audio, so we can we can launch it in audio simultaneously. So it should uh, should launch in uh, I believe okay, September. Okay, awesome. I'll put it in the show notes as well. So always by your side, guys. Please do check it out. It sounds awesome, and uh, it will be on Amazon. Or where can people get it? Yeah, it'll be on Amazon. It'll be on audible.com. Um, it'll be, um, you know, we'll probably hand them out yeah. to all our friends. <laughs> I want one. So, and, and, and the, <laughs> I'll buy yeah, it. The Just send me an email. I'll shoot right? you one. No problem. <laughs> and the reason why it's always called Always By Your Side is because uh, that is a toast that has became our family mantra. And as I mentioned before, when uh, my mom and dad rented out the, uh, the, the rib co there in 29 Palms, California, before we shipped off to combat, uh, we, we took on this mantra and we ended every radio show with it and it's uh, it's our toast it goes like this it goes never above you never below you always by your side always by your side wow. i think guys that's a powerful ending with that i'll say goodbye to sacramento thank you very much for talking to me and and thank you guys for sharing your story and sharing the those insights those valuable insights that that you've gained in in the in the in your story and what you've what you've experienced I think we can actually inspire a lot of dads with this. And yeah, thank you very much. Super. Thank you so much for listening in. I really hope you liked this session. If you did, please share this podcast. I'm sure you know someone who wants to hear this. Make no mistake, your shares are meaningful and they drive our success. So thank you for sharing. 
Thanks for listening in. Hope to catch you next time. Have an awesome day. Ciao.